Time to express yourself. Where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The vote is precious. It is the most powerful tool we have in a non-democratic society, and we must use it. John Lewis. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music, iTunes, Amazon Radio, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hello, I'm Ruhani, co-hosting the show today. And I'm Kyufiu, other host. Before we start this program, we want to announce that Be The Star You Are Cherry is entering the metaverse. By purchasing an NFT from www.starstylecommunity.com, you will be donating to Be The Star You Are. Each NFT is based on a character from Cynthia Bryan's new children's book, No Barnyard Bullies, illustrated by Jensen Russell. These NFTs are like baseball trading cards of yore. Check out the roadmap for upcoming events just for Star Style community members where exclusive experiences are part of the package. Going to be super fun. Jump into the metaverse and buy our NFTs at www.starstylecommunity.com. And today's show is all about voting. In the second segment, I will be talking about voting, specifically the 19th Amendment. In the third segment, reporter Kevin Chu will talk about AI and its involvement in voting. Right now, Kirthi will be talking about voting with her segment, Nerd Extraordinaire. Salutations from your resident Nerd Extraordinaire. Welcome to Express Yourself's debate and fiction writing segment, where rebuttals and purple prose prevail. Okay, well, purple prose most definitely does not prevail. Purple prose should most definitely not prevail. Purple prose is evil. Purple prose will steal your pet big name, Bluey. Purple pros will steal your best friend named Dewey. Purple pros will steal your firstborn child, Patooey. Purple pros is despicable, Fooey. Purple pros will make you all bluey. I should really stop rhyming because this is turning into a pile of hooey. Okay, enough about purple pros. 
British Kirby is currently on a lit suite in Sweden, and she's on her way back from Luxembourg. The sneak peek of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Bone was a hit. Ron Fleasley was a cloud favorite. Nobody likes Pansy Barkinson or Drake or Malworth. They hope that Harry and his friends will defeat Voldemort. They're getting ready for Fantastic Beasts and Wales to work them. The secrets of our pups are double durable. She told me over the phone that she was collecting peace at her suite. Ugh, I hate the word collect. It's just so snobby, like obnoxious, kind of gives you the mental image of an old man with a monocle looking down at you judgmentally. I just hate it so much. Today's show is all about voting and democracy. Votes are collected. Uh, accumulated? Rewind. Votes are accumulated to support... Okay, that just sounds weird. Votes are gathered to support candidates in an election. Votes give the people a voice in the government because the United States is not a place, it's a people. Okay, I stole that from Thor Ragnarok. Sue me. However, most people aren't exactly the most reliable to choose a good leader, whether it be a school board member or the president. Or, in some cases, choose a good role. You know what? Let's change it. However, most people aren't exactly the most reliable in making a political decision. Most people probably wouldn't even know where to start. They mostly know nothing about these candidates, whether they be people or rules. So how does the average person decide what or who to vote for? Introducing candidate, candidate debate. Wow, so cool, yay. Debaters help us, the people, make informed and reliable choices because these things we vote for are big things, significant things. Well, most things. I highly doubt that voting for the class president or voting for the prom queen is as important as voting for the president of the United States. Candidate debates are between two representatives who debate for one of two things, the inception or abolishment of some kind of rule, or the collection of a new person in a position. The collect- Okay, from now on, I am never using the word collect again. Never! The election of a new person in a position, like the president. A specific form of debate is used here, often referred to as candidate debate. It's a little bit different compared to other debate styles I've mentioned before, and it's a lot simpler. It's basically one giant cross-examination with an extra dude who just gets to ask questions, but he doesn't have to answer any, which is a little bit unfair. Candidate debates can sometimes be catastrophic or disastrous. I think we all know what debate I'm referring to. Something along the lines of Bo Jiden and Donald Trump. Back to debate. Basically, candidate debates consist of two debaters and a moderator. The moderator asks the debaters questions, and the debaters answer the moderator's questions, but they also ask each other follow-up questions. The goal of both of these debaters is to turn the opponent's argument into Swiss cheese. They have to reveal holes in it. Debates are often the only time during a campaign when candidates are together at the same time in the same place. This gives voters an opportunity to make side-by-side comparisons and decide which candidate or representative is the best fit and helps them determine who they support. During campaigns, voters are only exposed to separate opinions of those separate representatives. Therefore, if debates weren't there, the majority of voters would not even have a good source of comparison to compare the representatives' beliefs.
In a campaign, representatives obviously show the best of the best that will result from the election or the inception of the rule they support. They won't show any of the negative impacts. Now, when the opponent is right next to them, they're going to want to not only show why they themselves are good, but also why the opponent is bad. So basically, Speaker 1 says harum farum, and Speaker 2 says harum farum, and then the moderator says go, and they're all like woof woof. Now, that explanation might not be the best and most coherent explanation, so let's go a little deeper. Just like how cross-examinations make your debates easier, candidate debates make your voting easier. Voting is a key part of democracy because it takes in the opinion of the people in order to make a major political decision. For the majority of the time, the major political decision affects the people greatly, which is why they should be voting for it. However, voting shouldn't be based off of eeny, meeny, miny, moes. It should be a logical decision. The people need to have a base to see the motives and the characteristics of each representative and also be able to see the flaws and also why they would be a good candidate for whatever it is they're voting for. Think of it like this. The representatives run the campaign, bombard your YouTube and Gmail promotions tabs with advertisements that you, a full-fledged teenager, still don't have the patience to wait for to end. Seriously, they're so annoying, especially those like double unskippable ads. I mean, they're just 15 seconds each, but it doesn't, it feels like 15 years. Ugh, hate it. Anyway, the representatives run the large campaign. You, as a mostly uneducated commoner, are most likely not, not invested in politics. I'm definitely not. Normally, people don't exactly have the knowledge to make this decision, because if both of these candidates are showing everything all pink and fluffy about what they support, it doesn't matter. You'll have equal esteem for both of them. Debates make things easier for the people to have a reliable and logical opinion on major political opinions. Debate is a lot more than you think, people. Watch candidate debates to benefit our country and give the people a more significant voice. Wow, Kirthi, that was so informative as usual. You know so much about debate. And, you know, since you're an expert debater yourself, how do you think debate helps people have a more significant voice? Because debate helps these people make reliable and logical decisions on who or what to vote for, they can intensify and validate the voice of the people. And maybe in the future, if our votes become more reliable, democracy can be expanded in the government and it can give us a more significant role in the government as the people because we benefit the country. But just remember, never debate with a 90 degree angle. And why should you debate with a 90 degree angle? Because it's always right. Badum. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, I actually wanted to ask you this because I feel I was thinking back to the last um, political debate I watched. And admittedly, it was during the presidential election in 2020 with um, Biden and Trump. And we kind of saw this. Maybe it's just me. I think it's not just me. I think it's a lot of people. Actually, we feel like there's this degree like decrees in professionalism in debate. And when we see like these politicians behaving in such a manner that we don't really expect, do you feel like that's the case? And if so, what do you think we can do to limit that? 
Now, technically, a candidate debate by textbook definition is supposed to be a neutral, dignified forum where political party leaders or others competing for elected office respond to the same questions and they mutually agree on rules. And they're supposed to address issues, not stuff other than that, like religion or ethnicity or basically personal jabs. Now, that 2020 debate was not really following that. I wouldn't really, I would, I wouldn't really say that's like a very exemplary candidate debate. I think candidate debates are obviously like supposed to be more professional because it's not supposed to be that petty. It's, it's a debate. A debate is basically fancy. It's, it's glorified arguing. So I think, I think that that doesn't really qualify as a proper debate, debate. (laughs) Yeah, and I love how you said glorified arguing. That's exactly what it is. And did you get that definition right out of your head, like the textbook definition? Yeah, yeah, I did. Wow, that's impressive. So how long have you been doing debate? I think you've mentioned that before, but just for the listeners to find out. So I didn't start competing. Actually, I just started competing two years ago because they don't allow elementary schools, schoolers in most tournaments to compete because I'm in eighth grade. So only when I went into sixth grade, I started actually competing. But I like learned debate, like the principles of debate, kind of the theory of debate. Um, I was going to classes since second grade. So six years. Wow, that's I want to hear more about your experiences. Um, Has there ever been like a moment where you thought your opponent was doing like a very unprofessional job? Like, have you ever been like on the receiving end of an ad hominem attack or anything like that? Or have you just witnessed it maybe? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't know much about your opponent. Like, it's not gonna, they're not, it's not like that petty. It's not like, oh, your shoes are lame, or your hair looks terrible, or something like that. Like, it's not that personal. But I have seen, like, kind of petty stuff, like, um, debate sometimes, like, especially school debate between, like, grade schoolers. It's, it's very kind of procrastinating. Like, if, if they, um, so say if you have this really good argument and you put it against your opponent, your opponent is going to stall because everything is time. So if it's like a class examination, it's only going to be like two or four minutes. So they're going to wait until those two to four minutes end. And they're just going to be saying the same thing over and over again. And sometimes that's really annoying because you're not really getting anywhere. Neither of you are being helped right now. They're just stalling, like, as much as they can. That's really annoying. I see. And during that, like, stall time, they might just say the most, like, ludicrous thing because, you know, it's being timed. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, I also did debate um, in when I was in eighth and ninth grade. So I, I competed in a few competitions. It wasn't really my thing. Like, I really enjoyed it, but it was just, like, I don't know. I... I preferred like kind of writing about these topics more than I did speaking about it, unless on the radio. I love speaking on the radio, but you know, with an opponent, it was very like a lot of pressure. I did Lincoln Douglas and then I also did speech where I did like the improv expository speech. So yeah, it was really interesting. Improv speeches. Oh, they are the bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like what we do on the radio. Not really, but I think um, when when you're like in a crowd of people and it's just like everyone's like watching you, it's like, wow, it is very difficult. 
there's a lot less pressure on radio because you can kind of be yourself. That's the name mm-hmm. of the show, Express Yourself. Just kind exactly. of be things. Yes. Yes, and I, I love that we have this platform to talk about, like, important topics like, you know, voting, which is really, really critical because we have the midterms coming up and a lot of our generation is going to be able to vote soon, you know? Yes, and thank you for listening, everyone, to my segment. That is it for the first segment. Make sure you stay tuned for the next segment, where me and Rouhani will be talking about voting. We want to hear your thoughts, and we want to answer your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. That's btsyateenradio at gmail.com. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.btsya.com. You can get involved with the Be The Story World charity, buy books and t-shirts in a store, sign up for a free newsletter, and make a donation to Be The Story World. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestarur.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are.org. Be the lucky star you Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Kirithi, your co-host, and I'm here with my co-host, Luhani. Today's show is all about voting. So, Luhani, what's your take on voting? Well, I think voting is incredibly important, and... If you guys don't know, I'm 17, I'm going to turn 18 in March, and I definitely plan on voting in upcoming elections. So since I'm not 18 yet, um, I won't be able to participate in these upcoming midterms, but I'm definitely going to keep an eye out. I, for one, think it's so important to participate in our democracy. And what I'm really proud about is that voter turnout from Generation Z is increasing every election. And right now, I just want to talk a little bit about the 19th Amendment, because we just learned about it in um, my Gov class, and I thought that was very important to talk about. And if you don't know, I'm taking this verbatim from our United States Constitution. The 19th Amendment is, the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. So basically, women got the right to vote. Here's some background about it. It was approved by the Senate on June 4th, 1919, and it was ratified, which means put in the Constitution, in August 1920. Now, it's important to note that this came after a decades-long women's rights movement that started after the Seneca Falls Convention in 1848. We had a lot of brave women standing up for us, marching on the streets, you know, have like petitions and speeches and assemblies. So many things led up to this moment and the reason why we have our rights today. And this era, um, which which was my favorite era to learn about last year in United States history, was this era because there were so many reform movements happening at the same time. So temperance leagues, if you guys don't know what that is, that is basically when um, alcohol became prohibited Religious movements, you know, like new religions came up or new sects of Christianity and civil rights, obviously. It was a huge era of progressive change and women's rights fell completely into that. Some of the leading suffragettes were Susan B. Anthony, one of the you know most well-known, Jane Addams, Helen Keller, who is who was blind and deaf, yet she still accomplished so many amazing things, and Dr. Alice Paul. So obviously the 19th Amendment allowed women to vote, but people don't realize how much it's really led to. Because of women's rights to vote, they've been able to advocate for job opportunities, fairer wages, education, birth control, which was really a movement done by Margaret Sangner. If you guys don't know who she is, she was pretty much one of the leads in the birth control movement. Um, also, because that woman, because of women having the right to vote, they could now be considered by candidates running for office and eventually running for office themselves. But another thing that we learned about in government class, and for some reason never occurred to me, is that the 19th Amendment did not apply to every woman. It only applied to white women, and the fight was basically not over. Black women were given the right to vote in 1965 
after the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So although the 19th Amendment was a trailblazer for many for many things, it was still not enough. And that is why even to this day, we are still fighting for a lot of things as women in this country. Wow, Luhani, that's actually really informative because I did not know a lot of the information that you just said. So do you think that in the present day, this ability that women are given to vote can help women's rights too? I definitely think so. I think that since we have women, you know, being able to vote, there are some issues that we can take more control over. Unfortunately, we saw with Roe Wade being overturned that some things, no matter what, is going to be in jeopardy. But since we have this, you know, like in the 20s, it was an era of progressive change. We are truly also in an era of progressive change. I truly believe that with Generation Z being able to vote and, you know, more and more every day, that there will be a change in these issues we see. Because since we're women, we would want women to represent us. And I really think that same logic applies for minorities. We're going to see more minorities in the House, in the Senate. We're going to see more women, hopefully. And, you know, I'm just praying that soon um, Roe v. Wade's overturning will be overturned. Yeah, I really agree with that. Like, like politics, even to this day, it's really occupied by, like, Kakuzian males. So, like, giving these minorities the right to vote, it might really help diversify this kind of industry, this kind of group of people who were involved in politics. Because, you know, there hasn't been a woman president yet. So it's, it's, it's really, really effective making, giving women the right to vote. I think that it's really interesting. Yeah, totally agree with you. And you're right, it is occupied by a lot of, most of our politicians are probably Caucasian males. Um, it is, you know, we are seeing that change, though. I, I genuinely do think, like, the House is a lot more diversified now, and hopefully the Senate will be, too. And that's why it's important to vote during your midterms. If you want to see yourself represented, then you have to vote. I mean, there's a lot of issues with voting. Um, if you don't know, there's like issues like gerrymandering and other things like that. But if you have the ability, um, I really think that everyone should just go and vote for what they think is right. So you told us that Black women were given the right to vote in 1965. So could you tell us more about the process of that, of how Black women were given the right to vote? Well, I think it came hand in hand with the civil rights movement. You know, like we have all heard about the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which yeah. basically eliminated Jim Crow. And it's all thanks to so many different people, like a lot of black women were involved. We know about Rosa Parks and we know, of course, like Martin Luther King Jr. There's so many people who were helping and of all different races um, and all different backgrounds who wanted to see, you know, an equal America. And that applies today, too. And I truly believe, again, that, you know, we are in this unique era where we will see, like, there's a lot of division right now, you know, between parties. But I think that with this younger generation um, being able to vote, my generation, you know, like when I'm able to vote, I think we'll really see the differences we want to make happen. Yeah, especially in with like Gen Z, like people are a lot more inclusive. Like before, you know, like even commercials, like models who like act in commercials, like they're mostly, they're not very diverse. They're very, 
very like common so like these days you you even if it's like a beauty commercial you see very very diverse faces and that's like a really nice thing because you can see that the voice of the people has caused like this much of an effect and giving younger people like these this generation like a chance to vote is going to even help that even more because the younger generation is obviously more open towards like all ethnicities all religions and i think that that's really that's really beneficial to our country no you're really right especially about what you said about like diversity in media it does reflect upon what our society is right now i feel like you know growing up i never saw like you know characters with like you know main characters who were like indian unless they were maybe like comedic effect or like you know they didn't play a central role but now we're seeing these like more fleshed out characters who like you know I wish like when I was younger I could have seen them but it's it's just great to see how things are changing now and the world is becoming a more diversified place and that is going to be a problem for some people and that's why we have this division but again like you know I I love how how a lot of things are going right now especially in the media yeah, I feel like that it can really diversify this country because this country is, it's it's kind, it's a very diverse country, you know, people of all ethnicities are in the United States. So I think that we get more representation, like instead of having this one, one person in the media to represent all of us, like Princess Jasmine, she's the only like South Asian figure in of all the Disney princesses so you know a lot of young South Asian girls would want to be like her but you know there are a lot of like there are a lot of Caucasian Disney princesses you know like like Belle like Cinderella like there are a lot of them so so these Caucasian girls Caucasian little girls get to experience all of this and like get to have so many different models role models and get to have so many different examples and so much representation while while these South Asian girls are kind of stuck with with just one person to represent them, represent all of them. There's a lot of them. The, the, there's, a, there's a big group of South Asian girls. So I feel like that's like the, this diversifying of media and kind of validation is really, really um, beneficial for the younger generation. And even yeah. the older Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All your points, yeah, totally agree with you, um, especially about Princess Jasmine. I think it's kind of like a universal thing that like little South Asian <laughs> girls look up to her, you know, even if she wasn't like Indian, I thought like, okay, I want to be Jasmine too. And yeah, it, it's nice representation, you know, but like you said, it was just one person. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's going to be a live action, The Little Mermaid, um, produced by Disney. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Hal Berry, um, she is going to be the live action Ariel, and she is black. And there's been a lot of backlash about it. Um, and I, I, I really don't see why. I, I don't think that you know Ariel's race has really no relevance to the plot. You know, she's a mermaid. I think that's the <laughs> big deal. But um, there's this trend on TikTok that showed like these little black girls who were overjoyed by seeing on screen and I think that's exactly like what you're saying it matters so much like just something like you know seeing a black girl as a mermaid means so much to these little girls and looking up to them and seeing yourself kind of reflected on screen and 
hopefully, you know, we'll be able to see that in our political climate. We're, we're going to see people like us represented. And we kind of are, you know, like um, Kamala Harris, she's half Indian. And there's also like so many more people, like new frontrunners coming in to the political sphere. And they're also, you know, people of color. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, even there's going to be a Disney Plus Percy Jackson-like remake of a series, kind of. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard of that somewhere. It's fairly famous. It's coming out in 2024. And um, Annabeth, she's one of the main characters. She's the love interest. And in the books, she's supposed to be blonde and a Caucasian girl, basically. But in the live action, they decided to cast her as a black girl. And she had, to, I think she had to take down her like TikTok account because she was the actress, the black girl. Um, she, she was getting so much backlash and so much hate because she was playing a blonde character who was supposed to be not, who was supposed to be white. So I don't really understand why she got that much hate because because when you choose an actor to play the role of a character, it only matters. It doesn't really matter like how the person looks like. It just matters like how they can capture the essence of that character and if they can actually play that character well. So if she's exactly. talented, yeah, like she would be the perfect Annabeth. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. I also heard about that, and it's really really disgusting what they did to her. I mean, the amount of hate that she got and she's just a kid it's just ridiculous and I'm sure she's very talented and I I don't know if you saw but like the um the author I forgot, I forgot his name like Rick Rick Riordan or something he like he like um spoke in defense of her which was nice and I really like that yeah you know um I really wanted to share this poem it's one of my favorites um it's called I am a citizen and it's by Nikki Giovanni And I feel like it's very relevant to today, so I am going to read it. It's not a hug, nor mistletoe at Christmas. It's not a colored egg at Easter, nor a bunny hopping across the meadow. It's a vote. Saying you are a citizen, though it sometimes is chocolate or sometimes vanilla. It can be female or male. It is right or left. I can agree or disagree. And this is an important part. I am a citizen. I should be able to vote from prison. I should be able to vote from the battlefield. I should be able to vote when I get a driver's license. I should be able to vote when I can purchase a gun. I must be able to vote if I'm in the hospital, if I'm in the old folks home if I'm needing a ride to the polling place. I'm a citizen. I must be able to vote. Folks were lynched. Folks were shot. Folks' communities were gerrymandered. Folks who believed in the Constitution were lied to, burned out, bought and sold, because they all agreed all men and women were created equal. Folks vote to make us free. It's not cookies, nor cake, but it is the icing that is so sweet. Good for the folks, good for us, my country, tis of thee. 
And I hope you guys enjoyed that poem and this conversation. Make sure you stay tuned for the next segment where we will talk to Kevin about how AI affects voting. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestarur.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are.org. Be the lucky star you are. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens hello and welcome back to express yourself i'm kirfi your co-host Right now, we'll be reporter Kevin Shoup to talk about how AI affects voting. Take it away, Kevin. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin Chu, a Be The Star You Are reporter. My segment is AI and Us, which talks about how AI can and does affect our lives. Today, I will discuss how AI plays a role or how it could play a role in the voting process. To understand just how important AI is to voting, it's also important to know what exactly affects voting the most. 
Is it the integrity and record of the speaker? Somewhat, but not completely. After all, Theodore Roosevelt wasn't able to win a second term, even with his stellar record. Is it the intelligence and reputation of the participants? No, I mean, Trump was elected after all, and he didn't really deliver in all of his promises. Or was it, were his promises all that smart? No, it's about catering to the people, the voters. Even, though one, even when the wall that Trump promised to build was publicly dismissed and recognized as a terrible, awful, and inefficient idea, Trump still had a lot of supporters because there were a lot of people who just hated immigrants and wanted them out, causing them to vote for Trump without ever questioning whether or not he was competent or wise enough to handle all of the responsibilities of being a president of a nation as large as the U.S. I understand that I sound quite biased here and you would be very correct, but this is made by a high schooler for high schoolers, so please bear with me. In the end, because the U.S. is a democracy, it's the people that are the main point, not the politicians. However, that can be a major issue sometimes because not everybody, or even most people, are very interested or knowledgeable about politics and policies in the U.S. I hardly know much about them myself. Of course, I'm the type of person that lives under a 70-ton boulder, but I sincerely doubt that politics plays that large of a part in any high schooler's life, given how little I hear it come up in the conversation. Maybe everybody I know also lives under boulders. Still, I find the first reason much more plausible. Not a lot of high schoolers like me, and maybe like or unlike you, have any interest in politics. And I'm guessing that not a lot of us also see ourselves being interested in politics in the future as well, which is the situation for quite a few adults as well. After all, between work, social obligations, and other tiresome parts of life, why waste the little rest time they get on looking at politics? Of course, it's not like people have no interest in politics. It's just that it's too dull and time-consuming to learn anything beyond what's said on the biggest news channels. This is where AI comes in to make politics waste less time than it usually would. I'm sure most of you know how AI plays a role in ads and marketing. Part of those ads are also ads about candidates for certain positions that might give you some insight into candidates' policies that you might agree with. Of course, while the AI that sends those ads does depend on what you searched up before, I'm sure that all of us have researched even a little bit of politics before, whether it be normally in a fit of boredom on a Saturday or procrastinating studying at 2 a.m. for the test you have in the morning. Either way, that's something. And even if you haven't, those ads will still pop up, and they still will inform you, albeit briefly, about certain candidates and their core policies. That about Trump will talk about the wall, and that about Biden might talk about healthcare, and so on. While I'll not tell you a lot, I might not tell you a lot about certain candidates and policies, it does give you direction, search in, and something to work off of. AI can also be used in more extensive and complicated ways than just using ads. If you're a bit more invested in politics, which you probably will be as an adult, there's also AI that allows for easy monitoring and summarizing of new policies and changes to existing ones. One company that does this is Fiscal Note, which uses AI to sort through massive amounts of data to measure economic trends, policy changes, stock prices, etc. It's simple, easy, and quick to use while still covering the majority of the bases you want to cover in politics. All it would require is checking in every once in a while, even once a week is good enough, and just skimming through the notification sent to you. It's perfect for people who are both, who are hardworking and busy or just lazy and lethargic. Both sides of the spectrum work well with it. If you're even lazier or just forgetful, like me, there's also applications like I side with that just make you take a short quiz and then suggest certain candidates that have similar views to you, making it even easier to decide who you should support. While learning about different candidates and policies is normally a major hassle, and frankly, a waste of time when vote, when vote is like a drop of water in an ocean, AI can turn that major hassle into a hassle commensurate to a drop of water.
In addition, it's not just the lack of knowledge that's an issue with voting. It's also the fact that poll lines can be incredibly long. So long, the voting might just seem more, more like it's more trouble than it's worth. If it's a hot or cold day, it's even worse. Having to stand for dozens of minutes on end while burning or freezing to put in one insignificant vote is just not very smart from any point of view. This could easily be this could be easily solved with online votes that are countered and measured through AI. If you're worried about hackers and tempers affecting the votes, those problems are things that still exist for physical polls because poll books don't have that much deliberate or stillness. If you're also worried about accessibility for those without access to the internet, physical polls could still be used in conjunction with digital ones. Digital polls would just make voting much simpler and easier to count along with, making it to count along with making it much more convenient for people to vote in the first place. In fact, it's already being implemented through applications like Democracy Live, mobile-only poll that's able to steadily and effectively count votes, and was already used entirely for ballot in a city that I have completely forgotten the name of because I exist in a painfully inferior and vulnerable monstrosity of bone, flesh, and blood. Finally, I'm going to be talking about how candidates have used AI in much more specific ways than just using ads. Have you ever heard of Obama? You might not have heard of him before since he's the 44th president of the U.S., and we all know how forgettable number 44 is. Anyhow, Obama used AI to gather an absurd amount of money for his campaign, almost a billion dollars, and all of that was purely from donations sent by his supporters. Moreover, it's not like the AI he used was this massive, expensive supercomputer. No, it was really quite simple. In fact, it wasn't even worth $650,000, yet it raised him a billion. It's also the exigence behind the rising use of AI in elections. If I exigence means the reason behind something, and it's the only thing I can remember from English class, which is not good since I have to write an in-class essay tomorrow. Good luck to me. Getting back on track, have you ever gotten emails about political campaigns or something on those lines? Well, what Obama did was send out a smaller test of these emails. Those emails had varying senders, messages, compositions, and subject lines. Then Obama used AI to calculate exactly which type of emails got him those donations. For example, did more people read it when Joe Biden, who was uh, Obama's supporter before he got elected as president, rather than Michelle Obama sent it? By doing so, he optimized his emails to ensure he got the most readers and donations as possible. In addition, he extended the political ads to beyond just billboards and news shows them out on all sorts of different sites. In fact, he even put ads on Reddit, which the AI measured to make up a surprisingly large amount of his borders. While it does suck that he put more ads out, not like we ha didn't have enough, you have to admit it was effective how he, given how he managed to fill the two-term quota. He also used AI to predict, predict voter turnout in important swing states, which are states that don't he heavily lean toward any one side, which includes states as Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. If he discovered that such important states were beginning to be won over by the other party or were very evenly divided, more funding and advertising would be given and he would campaign more in that state while states that were already mostly won over or unchangeable, like the dominantly Democrat Massachusetts and the Republican really Wyoming, would campaign in and given best voting funds. In addition, even bots are being used nowadays to type up pro or anti-candidate opinions on social media's outlets like Twitter. That's right. Soon enough, your Siri or Alexa might be roasting you on your political opinions. Use such techniques, politics as a whole has become a much more integrated thing into daily life than it was before. Decades ago, you might see it in a newspaper too and then forget about it, but that can be anywhere you go. Twitter, political. Reddit, political. A relative that's never invited to any family gatherings, very, very, very political. AI as a whole is a very versatile too. With how much of the world runs on technology, 
if you can apply it well, just like Obama did, even miracles can happen. It's an incredibly useful tool in almost any situation, which is why I'm so fascinated by it. Isn't it interesting to see just how far people can take AI? What exactly can be done when you give AI an environment to thrive in? I, for one, love seeing what exactly can be done with it. I hope my segment can feel, help you feel even a bit of my passion. Thank you for listening. Wow, Kevin, that was really informative. Your segments are always really informative and full of information. So are there any other political candidates that have used AI in such a beneficial way? Uh, not particularly. Maybe, maybe Trump? Recent candidates like Trump and Biden have used AI in a similar way to Obama, of course, but their expenses were a lot greater than Obama's, reaching almost 200 million compared to Obama's 640,000 spent on Facebook. Of course, Biden and Trump both raised more than Obama, but that's nearly given, given how much more money they spent on their fundraising efforts than Obama. Moreover, the 2020 election cycle was the most expensive election by far. So in reality, while both Biden and Trump raised more money than Obama, the portion of the expenses they covered was still lower than Obama's. Of course, that doesn't mean the use of AI in political battles has been entirely stagnant, of course. It has developed since Obama first popularized it, just not as entirely used by one person in the Obama's election. Like I mentioned before, social media bots now exist, and while they did exist during Obama's elections, they saw their biggest use in the 2016 election, where they had a massive impact, given how little awareness there was of such bots, causing them to influence public opinion by a very large margin. The 2016 election also saw the employment of a more advanced, similar tactic to Obama's optimized emails. The AI developed at a time was able to pinpoint what a person would be most influenced by just their behavior patterns and actions on social media. It didn't just extend to things like who the email was sent to, but who the email was sent by, what strategy the email used. For certain people, it used fear to persuade them, warning them of what could happen if another competitor got elected. Like, an email for Biden would warn about the wall, and for others, it used tradition to attack the reader. As you would expect, it was quite successful, and even overturned several states that were believed to be strictly dem- Democratic or Republican. In fact, Trump uh, used, the tactic, used this tactic to get uh, three states that were believed to be heavily on the other side and turned them to his side. Wow, Kevin. And... Um... Do you think that simplifying the voting process, which increases the total number of voters, are spreading a candidate's words more, which increases their influence, is more important? Uh, if I had to guess, probably spreading out a candidate's words more because what matters the most is the ratio of how many people vote, right? As long as the number of people voting is above a certain number, it doesn't make an excessive difference because I'm fairly sure that voting works off, doesn't work off popular vote, I think. Wow, I did not know that that AI plays such a big role in the voting process. I feel like a lot of us don't really know the ginormous role that AI plays in our life. So how many more people do you think are persuaded to vote for a candidate using AI advertising rather than traditional advertising? Um, that's pretty difficult to calculate. Well, first off, they're, let's start with traditional advertising methods without AI. First off, billboards, new pap- newspapers, and the news. Basically, the media in general. Those are probably the biggest, or at least one of the biggest parts of voting. After all, not everybody uses apps like Twitter, Instagram, 
But a lot of people do watch the news every once in a while, and the news is done by people, not AI. Not AI, for now, at least. Second, speeches praise essentially public advertising done by said candidate. That's also incredibly huge because it's a nice direct interaction with candidate, and the words said there can influence a lot because every word said by a candidate in a speech, at the public at least, is a direct representation of the candidate. There's probably a lot of other methods that are uh, part of the traditional ones, but those are definitely the biggest ones. And now for the AI methods. Like I mentioned before, social media bots. They, they can affect almost any place. And in, in, in Twitter, a massive 15%, I believe, of uh, accounts were made up by bots. And with how many bots there are and how, how much they can output, they can influence a lot of opinions purely just through uh, posting so many posts, posting an excessive amount of posts. In addition, what the optimized demos I mentioned before, they're able to scan and see what techniques would work best and what they should, what should be written in email. What kind of ads should be used? They are all, they also they are big, but not also as big as what I mentioned before, like billboards, newspapers, new, the media, and general campaigning by the said candidate. So, if I had to guess, I'd say that maybe AI advertising gets about half to two thirds of what traditional advertising would get at max. Thank you, Kevin, for your wonderful segment. Um, I personally really enjoyed it. So I hope you guys enjoyed our show today. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarurl.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Vote for people, policies, and programs that will benefit the majority of Americans. Vote, 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 and always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine.